Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church's podcast, where we are taught by the Word and led by the Spirit. I hope today's message encourages you and challenges you to draw nearer to Jesus. We're going to talk about God Speaks today. Um, So, let's pray. Father, I thank you, um, first off, that you do speak. (laughs) Boy, we'd be in trouble if you didn't. You have spoke to us. Every Christian in this room, every born-again believer has heard your voice. They've been drawn to your cross. They've been reconciled through your sacrifice. And now they hear through the word and through the spirit. And so, Lord, I, I don't even want to pass over this moment. If there's someone in here that does not know you, that has not put their trust in who you are and what you did, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak. Speak through conviction. Speak through that sweet draw. Speak through that. It's how I came to know you, Jesus. You know the hearts of every man and woman and child in this room. Call them. Call them. Help me to make sense of this, Lord. Help me not to get in your way. Use my mouth to speak what you would have me speak. Jesus, in your name, amen. All right, go ahead and open your Bible to Hebrews 1. Nobody really knows who the author of Hebrews is. Um, fun fact of the day. Some think Apollos, some debate was it Paul, or, but usually Paul started out, but it doesn't matter. Whoever the author of Hebrews is, is awesome. That's what, I, that's what I'm here to tell you. All right, so God speaks, and you don't have to be a Bible scholar, but even if, you, if you've known anything, you guys know the very beginning, Genesis. You got Adam and Eve, right? And Adam and Eve are walking, talking with who? God, right? Sin messes up so much, but the, at the, it, God didn't create Adam to not speak to him. God made us, to speak to him, to be known by him, to have relationship with him. So I want to put that in there. And we're going to unpack the Old Testament and the New Testament and how God speaks, but Hebrews is going to be our anchor scripture on this. So if you would read with me, Hebrews chapter one, verse one through four. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And he's referring to the Old Testament. He's referring to from Abraham down, the chosen people, uh, Jews. Uh, He's referring to that, that that is the fathers. But verse two says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for our sins, Christians, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. In Hebrews, the book, and we read it, it's so good, but it really is the author's trying to show you over and over again, that Jesus is better. Jesus is better than the old covenant. Jesus is better than the old way. Um, But the first thing I wanted to look at is how did God speak in the Old Testament? 
And you see it uh, in verse 1. Just dip back there with me. It says, long ago at many times and in many ways. And so you think, if you read your Old Testament, you'll see this. God spoke many times in many ways, but God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. So God spoke to his people, and you heard Andrew talk about this last week, uh, with Moses, right? Moses is, is leading the, 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 the people away from Egypt. He's leading them into the promised land. He's speaking to God, and then he's speaking to the people about what God wanted. That, Moses is, is arguably the most influential, maybe not even arguably, maybe just true, the most influential prophet in the Old Testament. So Moses hears from God, speaks to the people. So God speaks through Elijah. Elijah, you know, this guy that had this awesome ministry and, and did things, but God would speak to him to speak to the people or the kings and so on with Samuel, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Really, the, the Old Testament, you'll see this, it's, it's Genesis to Malachi or Malachi. Um, it's not Malachi, it's Malachi. Genesis to Malachi is prophets. There's minor prophets, major prophets. There's, there's, that's what a lot is. There's the law in there. There's all this. So when you have this, you have witness of this. And this brings us to the Hebrew uh, author of, of the guy he, who, that wrote this is saying, this is how it was done then. But then um, look at two through four with me. It's a new covenant. It's Jesus. Okay, now that's how it was done then. Now, how is it done as, is when this guy wrote this. But in these last days, which we are currently still in these last days, just so we're clear. This isn't, this is now. We're here where this author is writing. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is, do you see that? So he's putting, the author is wanting us to grasp the big deal of Jesus, who he is, what he's done, his life, his teachings. Who is Jesus? And so I want, I, want to, I want to just read through that and just let that kind of set on you for a minute. I, don't want, I want the word to do what it does. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the, radi he is the radiance of the glory of God. Jesus is this. He's the exact imprint of his nature. You even know, if you know Jesus' ministry, he's constantly saying, hey, look, I don't do things out of my own will. I'm doing them from the Father. It's like the Father in heaven was down here walking around and Jesus would do exactly the same thing the Father would do. And it, it's a unity that we can't quite understand. The Trinity gets very confusing, but it's part of the deal that Jesus is, and it's not kind of, he is the exact imprint of the Father's nature, of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. The fact that we are even breathing air and circling around this and spinning on that. You can tell I don't know uh, planets and all that stuff really well. But, <laughs> but look, the fact that we're even here on this earth is held together by Jesus. That's how powerful he is. That's how big of a deal he is. And that's what, Jesus, that's what the scripture is trying to really point to us. The universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, 
And that's the cross. We all know that. That's what he did. He came to die and he died and three days later resurrected. Then he ascended and he's on the right hand of the Father. Right now, we're still in this time. Amen? All right, good. Sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Bottom line is this. The name Jesus is the biggest deal in the universe. The name Jesus, who he is, what he's done, is the deal. Not kind of a big deal, the deal. Just so, so if I say that, and you see that in Scripture, if you, I'm going to ask you guys some questions. So if you desire to hear God, who do you listen to? Just say Jesus, right? Like Andrew always says, Sunday school. If you desire to hear God, who do I listen to? That's right, that's right. Now we got a little more gusto in it. If you want to know God, who do you need to know? That's right, now we're getting there. Jesus is how I get to know God. And when it comes to, if you want to follow God, who do you follow? All right. If you want to hear God, who do you listen to? Jesus. I know, Jesus. This is what he does. Jesus. Now look at Luke 9, 28. I want to show you something in Scripture that's really kind of cool, a little mysterious. I am not an expert at it, but I want you to read it and see it because it is cool. And it was during Jesus' earthly ministry, roughly about three years into it, he goes up to a mountain with some disciples and something cool happens that kind of solidifies or even backs up what I'm saying. Luke 9, 28. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James, went up on the mountain to pray, and he was praying. The appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him. Make note of this, because I will. Moses and Elijah, two men, two prophets, two Old Testament figures, showed up on this mountain. Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him <laughs> were heavy with sleep, sleepy Peter. And when they, they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, is it, it is good that we were here. Let us make three tents, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and knowing what he said, not knowing what he said, as he was saying these things, this is cool, a cloud, kind of like if you read about Moses, cloud came over, oh, there's all sorts of cloud. It's God's presence. Ooh, God's presence. A cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Now listen, 35. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They kept silent, told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. And if you read, Peter actually references this scenario in one of his letters, and it's really quite cool where he basically is still in awe of what he saw. But what is happening here? It's believed that what has happened and what's transpired here is Moses represents the law, right? The law of God. Do it this way. Don't do it this way. Moses represented that. Elijah represents the prophets, right? God speaks to his people through prophets, so he shows up. 
And then the voice, the Father's voice in the cloud is saying, this is my son, listen to him. See what I'm saying? Do you see how all that we are? There is a transition from Old Testament to New Testament, New Covenant. And Jesus hadn't died and buried, was buried and resurrected yet, but it was coming. And now everything is through Jesus. Everything is in Jesus. Jesus is the focal point of history, of time, of humanity. The Old Testament, guys, it's a lot of different stories telling one story. It really is. It's like this. So, so you'll see reference in the New, Co- New Testament writers. Jesus is the second Adam. First Adam brings sin. Second Adam brings righteousness. Moses is the deliverer. Jesus is a better deliverer. David is a great king. Jesus is a better king. Elijah's a powerful prophet. Jesus is a more powerful prophet. Jesus is better than anyone, anything in the Old Testament. He's Jesus. I hope, if you're not getting anything else, that I think a lot of Jesus, this church thinks a lot of Jesus, and we are very excited, passionate, and zealous about Jesus. Okay? Now, what is the Father saying through sending Jesus? Sit on that. Think on that. Jesus came into history nearly 2,000-some years ago. He did what he did. He's a real guy. It's debated. What, if you're a different religion, you would debate what if he resurrected. But there's no debate that he was real. He walked. He talked. He taught. He did signs and wonders. And as Christians, we believe he died and he, re- and he was resurrected. Okay? What does the Father sending Jesus say to you? Believer, non-believer. What's it say? What's it say? It says something. It's action. Yeah, hey, right there, exactly. That's the first point. It says his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves us, so he sent us Jesus. That's what it says. It says that Jesus has forgiveness. That's what Jesus, he he died for your sin. That's what it says. Uh, It says that you're a sinner. To be frank, I mean, really, if you think, well, Jesus coming, what's it mean? Doesn't mean you're okay. Doesn't mean you, you don't have a chance apart from Jesus. That's what Jesus says, because the Father knows you can't do it, so he did it through his son, Jesus. That's what it says. It says that he, the Father desires a relationship and for you to be reconciled to him in relationship through Jesus. That's what Jesus says. It says that he has hope and a plan for you, that, he, that the Father wants you in heaven forever. That's what Jesus says. That's what Jesus says, what Jesus coming on the scene and doing what he did and saying what he said and being who he is. That's what it says, right? Okay. And so then, this is cool. This is interesting. So then what's the point of the New Testament? What's that about? We got the gospels. We got the epistles. We got letters from Paul. We got letters from Peter. We got Revelation written by John. We got this new covenant now. And this new covenant is all in and through Jesus. And it's Matthew, as you break your Bible down, if you, if, you, if, if you don't know this, it's okay. A lot of people don't. It's Matthew through Revelations. Malachi ends the Old Testament. Matthew starts the New Testament and goes back to Revelations. It's shorter, it's smaller. But it's where we're at. It's the church age. Okay? So what happened? So Jesus, I want to show you something. As the Father gave us Jesus, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. You got to get this because this is how this works in the new covenant. As the Father gave us Jesus, 
Jesus, when he left, he gave us the Holy Spirit. They're working together. We're talking triune nature of God. We're talking Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit working together to build the church to bring people to heaven and in relationship with the Father. So I want you to look at John 16 with me. John chapter 16. Once again, this is not an exhaustive study on the Holy Spirit. My focus, and I'm gonna go deeper into this, my focus is how God speaks. So don't get hung up on, well, you didn't say that about the Holy Spirit. You didn't say that about Jesus. My focus this morning is to talk about how God speaks to us and to try to help us grasp it in today's world. And of course, we just picked up God speaks through Jesus and what he's done and who he is. So John 16, five through 15, I'm gonna read it and then we're gonna unpack it later, but I just want you to read it along with me. Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. He laughed. He said, I did not say these things. Um, that's four. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now, verse five, but now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, here it is, the helper will not come to you. Underline, if you underline your Bible, underline helper. It'll bear you well. But if I go, I will send him to you, the helper. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to my father. And you will see me no longer. 11, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. And for sure, he's talking to his disciples right here. I get that. I want to make that clear. But I believe, and I'm from the school of thinking, that he still speaks, but he's not. I'll go into it a little bit, but how he's speaking to these guys and what they did, being the 12 and being apostles. They wrote the Bible. They wrote the canon that's not changeable. I don't want to get hung off in that ditch, but I do want you to stay in some sort of realm of reality here. Um, like God's not going to say something new. That's just not, he's going to keep saying what he's been saying. So verse 13 says, back on point, Jeremy. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide. That's, that's still, that still stands. When the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So now, we're, here we are, and I want to bring us up to speed. You guys can see, even, even if you look at the New Testament, right? You got the Gospels, you got the letters. This is the work of the Holy Spirit through men. This is what we believe in Christianity. This is the Word of God. God, what Jesus said there with those guys, and, and then eventually added Paul and, and so on and so forth. But this is, this is the work. We have it right in front of us. Once again, I don't want to get too deep into that. That's not my point for today, but this is the work of the Holy Spirit, the New Testament. So do you see what the Father gave us Jesus? Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's still working still down here. That's Jesus's too, but 
he's with us and he's doing something. And so I don't, I don't think it would be, and I know there's a lot of opinions, there's a lot of tradition, and I'm going to touch on some stuff and it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have a good time. Um, but the, the second part of this sermon, I wanted to talk about how does God speak to the New Testament church? According to our doctrine, according to here at Cobblestone, what we believe. There's different brothers and sisters in Christ that, that in fact, people that I love and trust that have left this church because they, they believe once this was said, it's done, not the prophecy and some different things. But welcome to Cobblestone. We are a continuous church. We do believe that the gifts are for today, and I'm going to touch on that. So just prepare yourself. If you, like, want to argue with me, wait till Andrew's off his vacation and then email him. So... <laughs> Mm. I'm kidding. But I, but I felt like I wanted to lay some teaching down and like really put the emphasis on Jesus and what Jesus has done. But now I got four points and I, four, four or five, but four points and it's just my pastoring heart. This is all this is. And it's not perfect. It's just Jeremiah talking the way Jeremiah would talk uh, and pastoring this church and shepherding and loving you guys, uh, I think, well. So there's four things well, before I do that, I want you to ask these questions or raise these up in your heart. Today, how do I know what Jesus is saying or said? Let's answer that question. How do you know what Jesus has said or saying? How do you know? YouTube? That's dangerous. <laughs> Crazy books? Yeah. No, I mean, so we're going to go now. I want you, we're going to discuss that. How do I know it's Jesus? Okay, the other one that I felt like the Lord kind of nudged me and I, I'm kind of feeling pushed in this direction is some folks, does he really want to speak to me? I, I, I'm actually picking up more on this and as I've been pastoring longer in this church, like some people really think, I've always been kind of like greedy with his like, oh, he speaks to me, he loves me, I know that. But I'm realizing that some people feel like, no, he really doesn't, I know he saved me, but he doesn't want to speak to me. He doesn't really want to talk to me. He doesn't really want to hang out with me. He, you know, I'm not a big deal. I'm not an elder. I don't speak. I don't have, and that's got to be crushed. Like, like he wants to speak to you. He wants a, a better relationship with you. The Holy Spirit wants to awaken you in, in, in areas and, and grow you and mature. There's a maturing that must happen in the body of Christ for this stuff to work. So the first one is, as Jack said, the first, and I would say the most important thing at Cobblestone, we are a word and spirit church, is number one is scripture. How does Jesus speak to me? How, does, how do I hear from God who I am? Through scripture. Look at 2 Timothy, and I just preached on this about a month ago or whatever, but it's worth saying again. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture. And like I said, we're holding to the, the, the New Testament is all scripture. Okay? So God speaks to me through scripture. And what does scripture do? Teach, reproof, correct, and train. That's what it does. That's what, that's, that, if you hung out with Jesus, he, if, honestly guys, if you hung out with Jesus, he would teach, he'd reproof, and he'd correct, and he'd train you. That's the beautiful thing. If you were a disciple of Jesus, that was the model. This is what's happening. Through the word of God, we have the same thing happening to us. That's the way it works. 
So when you read his word, you hear his truth and him speaking. What does scripture say about you and your situations? This is the one I had to pastor on a little hard. Do not feel condemned when I say this, but please feel challenged. If I know that there's stuff in there about my life and I say I love Jesus, but I'm not interested in the stuff in there, is that me really loving Jesus? You gotta hear that. So if I'm like, my, I, I, this, the, the scripture tells me how to love Heather. I'm, I'm, I'm instructed how to raise my kids. I'm instructed how to love. I'm instructed how to behave financially. I'm instructed. And if I'm like, I know this is the word of God and I know Jesus loves me and I know it spoke, but I don't wanna, I don't really care what it says. That's a heart problem. That's a Lord problem, if I'm honest. Learn. If, if, if you're a single 40-year-old, if you're a divorced this, if you're a mom and dad of 80 kids, if you're a business owner, there is scripture for you. Find it. Now you're like, well, I, I, don't, I don't understand my Bible. I don't read. That's fine. There are plenty of skilled people in this room that know their scriptures could help you find it. I understand that, right? The Ethiopian eunuch, right? He shows up, he tells uh, Philip, he says, I don't know what to read. And he's like, hey, this is what you, well, I'm reading it and I don't understand it. And he helps him. But do you see the Ethiopian uh, eunuch made the effort. So pastoring Jeremiah, make the effort. There's help in this word. There's truth. There's identity. There's love. There's power. There's freedom. It's right there. It's like a bank account full of millions of dollars and you're living poor. You have access through who? Jesus. He gave you this. He desires you to study it, to read it, to mull over it, to meditate on it, and let it change you. In this day and age, if you're going to make it and flourish as a Christian, you've got to get a love for your word. You have to. That's me pleading to you. Get a love for the word. I'm not even mad. I'm just yelling. Because you got to get that. Woo! Yeah! I like to preach. I enjoy it. Woo! All right. So, what does Scripture say about you and your situation in life? Search the Scriptures to hear the Lord Jesus. Point one. Search the Scriptures to hear the Lord Jesus. And honestly, to push away all the crazy that will come at your ears. Number two, preaching, teaching, leadership. Number two, I think these are heavier points that the way God speaks to his church today is preaching, teaching, and leadership. Second Timothy 4, 1 and 2 goes into it. Same thing I talked about. Oh man, it's fast. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. So, so it's like, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Preach the word. It's important. Preach it. Preach it, Jeremiah, like this is what we do. Be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Oh yeah, that's next. Um, Romans 12, seven. God speaks to us through preaching and teaching. God speaks, and I'm, I'm gonna talk about gifts in a minute, but he says in Romans 12, seven, the one who teaches in his teaching. So God, the, through the Holy Spirit, has provided, and honestly, Andrew's got a really, really good t teaching gift. We know that as elders. That's why we have him over teaching. And so it's a gift to make scripture make sense and to help it, to, to understand it. But it says that one who teaches in his teaching, it's a Holy Spirit gift that helps us. Some of us are like, I don't understand. 
Guys, when I wrote the 100% honest, when I write this message, I was reading a lot of Hebrews and I stopped several times and prayed and said, Lord, I don't understand this enough. I don't get it. I need help. I need what they call illumination. I need you to show me what it means. I don't get it. And I'm supposed to get up in front of your people and explain it? Yeah, God's gracious and he helps me muddle through it, but there are people who understand it. Get to them. There are people that have a gift of explaining it. Surround you. Have them in your life. It's important. And in today's world, you can download it and podcast it and get the greatest teachers just pouring truth all over you. 1 Peter 5.2, another way God speaks is, is through leadership. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. As God would have you. One way Jesus speaks to the church today is through leadership. And that's why I love that you're here, but that's why I love seeing people becoming members. I love that. But it's like, we live in a culture where it's like, I don't think I need a leader. This scripture, I, I struggle with my brothers, and I have a lot, brothers and sisters that are not connected, submitted into a church. And I still think they love Jesus. Don't get me wrong. But I think we're better when we have overseers. I think, we're be- I think, I think it's very clear in scripture, you're supposed to have elders. You're supposed to have people caring for your soul, watching out for your walk saying that you can go to and say, am I crazy? Yes, you're crazy. I love you, but you're crazy. You need that. I need that, right? We need it. We need that. That's what they do. Or, or sometimes it's like, I know what I've been seeing in this church. It's like, oh my gosh, I see the devil lying to some of you and I'll start having a conversation. And it's just like in my head, I can just almost like, oh God, don't, have them, don't, don't let them believe that lie, right? So I start praying and it's just, it's just a beautiful picture. So does, does God speak to you this way? Does, do you hear God through preaching, teaching, and leadership? Have you heard God through preaching, teaching, and leadership? Have you positioned your life humbly and, 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 and submissively under leadership and biblical preaching and teaching? That's a real question. Have you? Yeah, have I? I've always felt like I needed overseers. I've done some ministry outside, paraministry, young life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I've always felt like I needed someone to pray for me, to correct me, to speak into my life. Or someones, many's, whatever. We need this. All right, my next point is three. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's how that works. One, two, three. You know, <laughs> this is a little wordy how I said it, but I, I'm going to do the best I can with it. Like I said, this is Jeremiah out on this one. The third point is Jesus leads and speaks through the Holy Spirit in the individual and through the gifts of the Spirit in the body. So, yeah, that looks good. Jesus leads and speaks to us individually through the Holy Spirit. When you, we believe there, some, some, my background came from second blessing where you actually get saved, then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I grew up in it. I, I, don't, I don't hate that, to be frank with you, but we don't stand on that at Cobblestone. We believe when you get saved, you get the, the, the full portion of the Holy Spirit. However, we do believe, and I think I can speak for all the elders, we do believe on an ongoing refreshing and a refilling and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to just saturate you. And you, you'll actually see in Scripture that they, they got filled over and over again. 
So we could debate about the second blessing another time, not the point. The point is this, every Christian in this room, you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit fully. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You need to say, Holy Spirit, I know you sealed me. I know that you're, you're working. That's what he does. He seals, right? And he starts to work on us and convict us. And you saw all that in scripture. But the Holy Spirit is inside of you, Christian. Are you listening to it? Are you surrendering to it? Are you asking, say, Holy Spirit, show me, show me how to grow. Show me how to hear the Lord. Show me how to understand my Bible. Show me how to love my wife. Show me how to do these things. Because the Holy Spirit does that. That's what he does. And he's beautiful at that, okay? Holy Spirit does this in us. So he, his first thing is he's working in us, like I said, to seal us, to let us know we're God's. Then he starts to work on us and sanctify us and grow us and teach us truth and all these things. So John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and this is Christ, and I know them and they follow me. The way you hear Jesus' voice is through the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's, and for all of us, that's gonna be a little like, whoa, but it's true. He's speaking. Are you listening? Are you listening? John 16, 13 through 15, look at this. John 16, verse 13 through 15. These are just some, some things that the Holy Spirit has done in my life and I believe is doing in many of your lives. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare to you. All that, my, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And I made a quick little list. He's the spirit of truth. He will guide you. He doesn't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he speaks. That's why so often people will say, Jesus told me or God told me. In a lot of ways, it's the Holy Spirit. That uh, he'll tell you things to come. He, he can, he does. What is his intent? To help you glorify Jesus. He wants you to glorify Jesus because the Holy Spirit thinks Jesus is a big deal and he wants the people that he's in to think Jesus is a big deal and to submit to his lordship and his kingship. Take what is mine and declare it to you. And I love this. And I woke up praying about this message and, and I'm like, oh gosh, that's good, Lord. How do, I help, how do I help the church get this? One of the things the Holy Spirit's doing in each and every one of us, he's trying to get us to understand what is Jesus given us that is ours? Oh, this is good. This is, I, I sat with my wife. There's this freedom in Christ ministry thing. We're working through this church. A lot of you have gone through it and I'm gonna put Heather out on the, on the limb. This morning, she's gotta go through her little class this week or whatever. David's like, probably like, yeah, make, I'm making it sound real great, aren't I, Dave? But, but either way, freedom in Christ, really the big idea is this. What has God said about you and what are you believing about you? And we're trying to get what God, the truth, we're trying to get truth to trump lies because people who love Jesus believe a lot of lies. People that are in Christ have a tendency to still be bound have a lot of prison, have a lot of, a lot of shackles, a lot of brokenness, a lot of things that they're believing that Jesus would be like, I don't want you to believe that, such as. So Hez, this morning, I'll go back to that story. She was telling me a story of just, just something personal between her and I, and she's weeping. My, I'm a weeper. She doesn't cry as much as I do, okay? 
It's kind of norm for me. But she, the spirit just broke. And she even said, how long have I had this area? And God just keeps bringing it up and saying, deal with it. And it's not a bad thing, to be frank with you guys. It's a thing that, that, that she kind of just wants her own life. But the Lord just keeps telling her to lay it down and lay it down and lay it down. And, and, and it's weird how that is working. And she was weeping because she wants the Lord to rule everything in her life. And so that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit grows us and he brings to our, our minds and he brings to scripture when we read it. And he says, stop this, start this, you're here. He takes what is mine and declares it to you. The mind of Christ is a perfect example. We in Christ have his mind. We have that. That's a word from scripture. But how many of us are thinking like Jesus, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? You have it, but we don't live in it. So Jesus, or, or the Holy Spirit, is trying to get us to understand, take what is mine. This is Jesus. This is Jesus straightened your mind out. Jesus is giving you a sanctified mind. Jesus is giving you a righteous, you, you see what I'm saying? And he wants you to think that way. Peace is the one. Jesus wants you to have peace. We know this. We read this. But the Holy Spirit inside of you says, no, Jesus had peace when he was in ministry and when he was in life. He wants you to have peace. Power. Jesus had power. Jesus had authority. Jesus had this. Jesus had oneness with the Father and praised that for us. It's deep. That's profound. Of course, Jesus had the fruits of the Spirit. And of course, that's part... Do you see what I'm getting at? The Holy Spirit in each and every one of us Christians is trying, his, his desire is to uh, grow us and help us to understand and fight the fight of denying ourselves, picking up our cross and following Jesus. That's what he's doing. Now, next point. I got a little bit here. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm landing the plane. The, the, the first thing I said there is the Holy Spirit does this in us. So Jesus has the Holy Spirit down here operating in and through the church, doing what he does, and he's doing stuff in us. Now, the next side of this conversation gets a little bit, there, there's some debates, there's some different, you know, I, I nudged on it, there's some different stances, uh, because crazy people have gone crazy in some of this. But I assure you, I still believe in it. The Holy Spirit does this with, with and through us. He speaks to the body through us through gifts, through gifts. Take a drink on that. Oh, here we go. If I just prayed in tongues for five minutes and said, where's the interpreter? Could we, would that be okay? Would we all be okay? They're like, no, Jeremiah, don't. No, I'm just messing. You can laugh, guys. It's a joke. We get edgy, right? Well, anyways, 1 Corinthians 12, there's a lot about gifts of the Spirit. There's a lot. And then once again, this is not an exhaustive study about this. This is just Jeremiah giving you a few things that I believe are beneficial that I've seen in this church and I'm seeing and I, 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 we want to pastor it and pastor it well, as well as we can. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 11. And it's just, it's just and we're going to focus more on the gifts that speak because remember, we're talking about God speaking. There's a lot of other stuff, but I want to talk about, if you're talking God speaks, you've got to talk about gifts of the spirit, I think. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. And I love how, I love how Paul puts that in there, that when we're serving the world, we're listening to stuff that can't speak. 
He makes it very clear, the mute idols, because our God speaks. Amen? Our God speaks. And I'm so thankful for that. However, you were led, even by mute idols. Three, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So there's some just basic testing stuff in and around someone speaking in the Spirit of God. Someone saying, I, am, I, I feel God saying this. What, well, if they say Jesus is a curse, throw it away. Throw them out. Okay? No one say, can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit does this work inside each and every one of us, and we genuinely are striving and fighting and declaring that Jesus is Lord. That's something that happens in, with, through, through the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activity, but in, it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And it's just like it sounds. When you think manifestation, we automatically go to, oh, manifest, right? Blah, you know, like some sort of uh, deliverance. It's not deliverance. What is where the girl's head goes backwards and the demons manifest? Help me out with that. Don't act like you guys haven't seen the movie. Exorcist. Yeah, there we go. That was a test. I'm praying for everybody that said exorcist. You shouldn't watch that. You shouldn't watch that. <laughs> I learned all my spiritual warfare from exorcist. No, no, no. That's not good. Um, but to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. It's literally like the Holy Spirit inside comes outside to influence the body. That's not just for speaking, that's in other ways. The, the, and we talk about Andrew's gift. That's the Holy Spirit inside him is giving him this gift so it influences us. There's gifts all over this room that the Holy Spirit has put inside of you and you influence the body in a beautiful, wonderful way, okay? But some of them speak. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Utterance, when you see utterance, that's speaking. So there are people that through the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit, they might actually have something dropped on them, wisdom, and they might be able to speak to your life. And you should be okay. I mean, test it. I, there's a whole bunch on testing. There's a whole bunch on, if it doesn't match with scripture, let me just come out of the gate and say that. If someone says, man, I think I have some wisdom for you, and it contradicts scripture, throw it away. It is not wisdom from God. But sit on it, test on it, because God does speak to us through us. And it gets messy and it gets scary, but it is true. And we can't dodge it and we can't hide from that. Okay? At least I believe it is. For to one is given the spirit of utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge. Now I've actually been, I've, I've actually been blessed by these gifts. Somebody knew something that there's no way they could know. And it just let me know that Jesus loves me and sees me and is helping my problem. That's so often the fruit behind it. It's just to let you know, I see you, I got you. Utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gift of healings by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Okay, now to another, prophecy. Now, there's a couple different meanings of prophecy. It is also the spoken word, where you speak the word of God. But I, I, I think it's also the Holy Spirit gives you a word or a, a, a prophetic word for somebody. And that's, that in this church, we're starting to get a little more comfortable with that. To another prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. It's a good gift. 
to another various kinds of tongues. Now tongues is also, and this is the most quickest snapshot of the gifts of the Spirit, just so you know. But the various kinds of tongues, is there's a couple in that, the best of my understanding. One is if you go to Russia and you're doing ministry, and it's kind of like the Acts thing, where they come out and they're speaking languages they do not understand, but it's actually ministering and declaring truth and things to the people in their, their native tongue. Okay, that's one. Um, and then, but he also tags it to, the another, to another interpretation of tongues. So there also has to be this other gift. And I actually, I have this gift to be 100% honest with you guys. Like, pray in tongues, wait on an interpreter elsewhere it tells us. See, pray, sometimes there's interpretation. You gotta have, there's a lot of rules, right? But the point I'm making is, it is a prophetic gift. It is someone I'll just use, bah, 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 bah. that's not tongues, but bah, 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 right? They gave a tongue and then someone else has the gift of interpretation and we know it and they're like, oh man, whew, the Lord said, Diane, he sees you, he loves you, he's with you. It's usually like that. And it, guys, it's, and she might be like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear that. Or she might be like, that's crazy. I don't throw it away. I mean, that's, there's a whole side teaching to that. But, but the point I'm making is we can't be afraid of the things that are true. The Holy Spirit wants to bless the body through you. I believe the Holy Spirit has gifts for you. I believe some of you have gifts and you're not using them because you're afraid that people are gonna think you're crazy. It's okay. Submit it to authority. Let's do it. Let's move forward in it. I'm not as zeal, maybe not as zealous and as ambitious as Andrew is on this topic, but I don't shy away from it. And I do think it's a part of the New Testament church. Another prophecy, another various kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by, the, by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. It's the Holy Spirit doing it. If the person submitted and following and loving the Lord, the Holy Spirit uses them to bless. Okay? God speaks to the body through the body. He does. Here's a couple other things I wanted. Like I said, I, didn't, I don't have time to go exhaustive in that, and you may have questions, and you might, and that's what elders are for. Um, there's a couple other things that I think God speaks through too, is nature, circumstance, conscience, dreams, visions. These, these are also things that I know um, he speaks through. He just does. Once again, requiring testing, requiring testing it through the scriptures, um, council, pastors, leadership. And my last point is this. My last point. Whew, I'm sweating. Nothing makes you sweat like talking about gifts of the Spirit. That's kind of funny, right? Okay. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. It's one of my favorite verses. I live it as an elder. I think a lot about it. My fourth point, guys, is this. God speaking, we have hindrances to it. God showing up and making himself clear, showing us what he wants, how to speak to a situation, we can hinder it. We really can. And uh, we got to be careful with that. And so potential hindrances, and the one I want to scripture I want to tag to it is 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. 
Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. There are Christians that are so annoyed or don't think it's for today, but they, 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 they find themselves quenching the Spirit. And they find themselves despising prophecies. Don't do it. There's a right way to handle prophecy. I'm a big believer in handling it right. There's a right way to handle the gifts of the Spirit. There's a right way to, to have tongues. And there's some, but the thing you got to watch out and I got to watch out is that we don't despise it. He wouldn't have said it if someone wasn't doing it. And so some folks will be like, I just, I, it's, it's just too crazy. I don't want to be a part of a church that has these gifts showing up. I want to be a part of a church that does. And I think you guys do too. But we do it right. We do it in the right heart. We do it humbly. We grow, we mature, we do all the things that the Bible tells us to do. But make sure we do not despise. But look at this, guys, the next point. The next, this is why I like 21 so much. But test everything. It's okay, but test everything. You can't test what nobody ever gives out. Like, don't be so afraid to step into something that you're like, Ugh. we'll test it. You come to me with a word, and a lot of people do. And you say, hey, I feel like the Lord said this, 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 and this. My first re instant response is not, you're crazy. My first is, thank you for being bold, stepping up, and saying it. That's honest truth. I will write it down, and I will test it. My first thing, well, does it match Scripture? If you told me I'm supposed to leave my wife, <laughs> doesn't match Scripture, right? If you told me that I'm supposed to, you know what I mean? Match Scripture. That's why I got to know the Word. If I don't know the Word, put it in front of people that do know the Word counsel surround myself with people that can test it with me is this right is this and do you, you even scripture is abused guys you know how often people pull scripture out of context and they're using it and we don't throw away scripture we still scripture judging scripture and orthodox christianity and following it's the same rules on the holy spirit we should test scripture when i youtube a lot of people right i see a lot of scripture that's not right. <laughs> but does that make me think scripture's not right? No, it makes me think that that person's not right, and that is what it is. And sometimes they're false teachers. Sometimes they're just uh, deceived. Or sometimes I'm deceived, and I don't. Maybe they're right, and I'm wrong. All of it's okay as long as I hang out with Jesus and keep asking him, the spirit of truth, help me to know the truth. Help me to know where you're at in this, and approach it with humility. Test everything. Christian. When it comes to thinking you hear God through scripture, through pastors, through prophetic, through gifts of the spirit, whatever. Listen, I wouldn't, this is the pastor part. Test everything. Don't just buy it because you like me. Don't just believe it because we're friends. Don't just, you see what I'm saying? Test everything. Say it with me. Test everything. Christians, it will do you well because I've been in beautiful churches that didn't test and there was a lot of hurtful, crazy, prophetic stuff, but there was also a lot of beautiful, powerful prophetic stuff. I've seen it both. That's why I'm like, we're not gonna quench it, but we are gonna stand on the test because that's what this, this body needs this. We need to grow in this. We need to mature in this. God has this for us, I really do believe. Scary, but true. Okay.
And he says, but test everything. Hold, but this is what the, the big idea with test. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. When you test it, oh, that's good scripture. That's good exegesis of scripture. That's bad. That, test it, throw it away. Do it. That's good word of God. That's bad, throw it away. It doesn't mean you, you hate the people. It just means we live in the test and we hold on to what is good and we get rid of uh, the bad, okay? And worship team, you can go ahead and come. There's a few other things that I, I added to that potential hinders you hearing uh, the Lord. Honestly, you and I, I shouldn't even say it like you. These, these are kind of from my own, my own struggle, and I'm closing with this. Wrong attitude, selfish. When you have the wrong attitude, you can get right in the way of God speaking to you so quick. When you get selfish, you can get right in the way of God speaking to you so quick. And you, you really can't open the door up to some lying stuff and false thinking. Be careful, wrong attitude and selfish. What attitude should I have? Read about Jesus. Back to that. Read about Jesus. That's the attitude. Low and gentle, meek, that Jesus. Walk in that. Another one, false believing and teaching. False believing and teaching. That can hinder it. I, I spent some time in the prosperity message, right? And you guys know it. Some of you know it. Some of you don't. What that is, is, is you give to get. You sow to get an increase. And there is some principle that is, is, that's in Scripture about, but it's not about getting rich, okay? But if I'm thinking that God's speaking to me about this prosperity, I'm believing a lie put on me by somebody that was lying. False believing and teaching. So be careful. That's why you need to know your Bible and have good counsel and so on and so forth. Not obeying what he's already said. This is a good tip. Some people say, I just can't hear God in my business. I can't. I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been, and I'm like, well, but do you submit to God with your business? Well, what do you mean by that? If you're not honoring God with your taxes and you're asking God to give you guidance for your business, guys, I can show you blatant scripture where it tells you to, to pay your taxes. This gets real, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like well, I can't get my, my marriage. It's just falling apart, falling apart. Well, are you loving her like Jesus loved the church? See, sometimes God has a fresh word for you, but he's not gonna give it till you, till you obey the old one. Till you do the thing that he's already commanded that's plain and simple. He's waiting for obedience. Then you're like, oh, I see it now. This is my direction. This is my guidance. This is what you want. Sometimes it works that way. Not all the time. Sometimes you just, the, the other thing is this. Some of you are waiting on answers and I know this and I pray for you. Some of you are waiting for breakthrough. Some of you are waiting and you just, and I don't know. There's just, hey, that's real helpful, isn't it? I don't know. You, you, you deal with this patiently. You spend time with the Lord and you want everybody, you sit with us people and you say, hey, give me an answer. We don't have an answer. Sometimes you just, you've done everything. You checked your heart. You've gone through the whole, I'm not holding any of this. I'm forgiven. I, go, I know my scriptures and you know it all and it's still not changing. And I don't know what else to tell you except for just draw close to Jesus because he's good. And he'll walk you through. There is a grace that is sufficient for that. The another one is resentful and unforgiveness. The devil plays massive games with us. You start getting resentful, you won't hear God like you're supposed to. You start walking in unforgiveness, you won't hear God like he desires you to. It's just true. You gotta repent of these things. You got this is the whole point of communion. Examine yourself, let this stuff out. Pride, pride. I got it, I don't need God. I got it, I don't need God to speak to me. I'm actually pretty good at this. Even if you're good at it, ask him to be better. Hello, I mean, he's awesome unconfessed sin. 
that gets in the way of hearing God. Unconfessed sin. So there's three things. We gotta leave, get our kids in two minutes. Mature in your gifts, church. Mature in your hearing and discernment. Mature in your understanding of the word of God. It's not about getting better and being beat up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's time to mature, grow, hunger for what that looks like. And so that's my prayer. What do you got, a couple songs for us, Dave? You want my help? Yes, please. (laughs) Gosh, I love you guys. Honestly, I'm gonna dismiss you, but you're free to stay and worship because they're gonna play a couple, three songs, but because it is 12 o'clock and I went a little long, I don't wanna make the volunteers. If you got questions, ask. If you need prayer, there'll be some prayer teams. Um, I said a lot. Sort through it, guys. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the love that you have for us. I ask you, Lord, to speak and continually speak to every person in here. Let them hear your voice. Father, I ask that you would give us a good week, a fresh week, that we would know we're loved and seen, that we're able to get closer to you. And I just thank you, Jesus, for encountering us in a fresh way. Bless our day. Jesus in your name. Amen. I hope today's message has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you would like more information, you can find us at www.cobblestonechurch.com. Have a great week and God bless.